When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hashtag no music, no intro. If y'all would have heard what me and Ryan were talking about, it would have been the social worker Twitter podcast that we just heard. But <laughs> instead, we get to talk about the New Orleans Saints. We get to talk about coaching, coaching changes on the on the staff, we get to talk about the off the offensive coordinator search, defensive coordinator search. But before we even get into that, before we even get to all this, all the stuff with the Saints coaching staff, I want you, Ryan, the person to talk to me about Sam Mills and the significance of him being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame for someone. Like me, I became a Saints fan in the eighth grade. I don't, I don't even know what seventh, eighth grade. I don't even know what year that was. So, right, right smack dab in the middle of Aaron Brooks, Deuce, Joe Horn, Dante uh-huh. Stallworth days of, of being a fan. Um, but before then, I couldn't stand football, which is weird. Now, fucking do a football podcast. You're you're an old head, so uh-huh. talk about you growing up watching Sam Mills play football, the linebacker linebacker position, the dome patrol. Um, so maybe for someone like me and, and fans who got became a fan of the Saints later in life of what the significance of him being in the Hall of Fame means and his tenure with, with the Saints as a player. Oh, man, it's just huge because uh, he honestly should have been in the Hall of, Hall of Fame. He's, he's one, of the, one of the best middle linebackers you could think of, bro, like he was just so good, man. Like, you know, he was Vilma before Vilma. He just was always in the backfield, was good in coverage, was a monster versus the run. He was like intense. Um, just, you know, his eyes can everything. And look, when I was watching him, I mean, I was a kid, man. I was, didn't know nothing about football. I tweeted earlier, I thought he was a running back. Like I just, could, I just didn't know. I was, you know, eight nine years old just watching, <laughs> and he was the guy like, but always in the backfield, and then everybody in the room would celebrate. So I thought like he had the ball for some reason. Like I just thought, I thought he was <laughs> the offense. You know what I'm saying? Like just as a kid, it's just oh, you trying to get make it. Sense. Yeah, you trying to make sense of what you're seeing because you're a kid, you know. But you know, then I got older and I started to realize, oh, you know, this is the like he is the quarterback of the defense. I remember my older sister telling me, oh, he's the quarterback of the defense. I was like, oh, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay. Defense have a quarterback? Like, okay, all right. It's starting to, start to come together for me now. And you just start to see how he just controlled everything, you know. And he eventually left, went to Carolina Panthers and became like, you know, one of their greatest players of all time there also. Um, so he's just great, man. He was just, you know, the, the best, one of the best linebacking cores in NFL history, bar none. And he was the leader of that linebacking core. He was small, man. He was like 5'11", barely six foot. But, man, he just played with so much energy and just passion. Oh, you just you just loved him, man. You just loved him to death. I mean, it's I've, obviously I've seen I've seen clips of the Dome Patrol mm-hmm. and Sam Mills, but obviously it doesn't it doesn't compare to like watching a player who is at the peak of their position, right? In in their prime. Um, so it is it is good to see that he's going in the Pro, pro Football Hall of Fame. In, speaking of like the Hall of Fame class in general, any surprises? I, I haven't really paid attention to who like. Okay, just my cat's gonna jump on the table right now. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I haven't paid attention to like, like you know, the people who were nominated and candidates and things like that. But what are your thoughts on the on the Hall of Fame class? I don't know, man. Let me look it up right quick. I don't even, I wasn't even paying attention to who made it. Uh, the newest members. Uh, who stands out to me? Uh. LeRoy Butler made it. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought I thought the same. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Sam Mills. Richard Seymour. Wow. And he was great. He was great, man. But it's still kind of surprising. Um, because he had he is great with the Patriots, and he had like a decent year with Oakland, and it just kind of faded away. Right, right. <laughs> but he was <laughs> like, he was great with the Patriots, though. I mean. Uh, who else do you got? Uh, Big Vermeil, that's deserving. Don't know him. Yeah, I mean, nobody really stands out to me, you know, but other than Sam Mills. Good to get another Saint in there because that's probably the last Saint we'll get in there and tell, you know, Drew Brees, honestly. Right? You know, and, uh, yeah. In the next five years, you know, Drew Brees will be getting that coat, that gold jacket. First ballot. And, First ballot, baby. First ballot, baby. And, you know, might get a couple other Saints in there. Who knows? Maybe Cam Jordan. Um, Jerry Evans is kind of a dark horse. Wouldn't be first ballot. It'll be, like, you know, maybe down the line. It's still a, just a, you know, it's a dark horse. I mean, you've had a lot of good guards in the league. Yeah, um, that, that one's super dark dark horses to me. You know, Cam Jordan, if he could, if he could get another nice – Season or two in, you know, I think he could he can get in there. Um, you know, that'd be nice. You know who probably would have been a Hall of Famer if this shit just didn't go to. to oh, I already know. I already know who you're about to say. Do you? Yeah. Tell me who I was gonna say. So I'm about to say Jimmy Graham. Oh, I wasn't gonna say Jimmy. I was actually gonna say Carl Nix. Oh no, no question. No Carl question, Nix. bro. No question, man. Like, that dude was so good, man. If he had another five years, he'd have been in the Hall of Fame. Yep. That, that simple. 
That's a boy. And he just went south. Like, that was a crazy career tra- trajectory. Because he had, you know, like three great seasons. You know, Mickey Loomis, they dropped the ball. Dro- dropped it, bro. Dropped, dropped it. it. He wanted to be with the Saints, man. He wanted to come back with the Saints. But they were like, yeah, oh, yeah and let him go. Went to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Ain't do much. Sound like a huge contract. Got staff infection. Was all their, fucked up. And that was when it. their whole when their whole team was like being plagued with staff infections. Yeah. And he got fucked up from it. I don't know what you know how bad it was, but he got fucked up. Well, he couldn't play in the league no more. Couldn't play football. How wild is that, bro? Like how just wild. Absolutely so. wild. It's it's it sucks because maybe because I was at that that Niners Saints game in the playoffs and I you know I just saw Carl Nix going against Justin Smith in like in the trenches, bro. Ah, like that. And it, I was younger and I had football knowledge, but not like I do now. But even then, it was like. These are just behemoths going at it. Like it was just, it was just different, man. Um, just completely, it just it just sucks. You know, it, it sucks that 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 happened with, with Carl Nix. But let's 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 talk about let's talk about the Saints. Um, I want to preface it by saying when we when Ryan and I record this podcast, we we don't know everything in regards to the Saints. We're just we're just fans, people that have opinions. It's it's interesting to me that people now on Twitter, sometimes in the DMs or whatever, like like they'll hit us up either in mentions and just asking us like our opinion about things. And all we can all we can do is just give our opinions of how we see things as as Saints fans. That that's it. Um, that said. It was so, so apropos that we recorded that episode talking about offensive coordinators. I'll pull up a list, bro. Like, this, this is how predictable this team is. I went to Google, typed up the list, type, typed available offensive coordinators in Google, found a list, went through it. It sued as I saw Doug Marone's name. I was like, they bring him Doug back, bro. Like, I, I thought it was going to be OC. And as it's been reported by, by Nick Underhill, it's not OC. He's going to have a, some type of position in regards to, like, the offensive line, whatever. Cool. But I saw his name, and I just knew it, bro, because, like, this – and I think – and I go back to this. When the Saints front office chose to go with D.A., <coughs> This to a degree, and, I, and we don't know, right? Doug Marone could could have a completely good impact on the offensive line and be really good for the Saints. We don't know, right? But just that that need to just go back to the past, yeah, and go and go back to what you know, what you and, know, and what your comfort zone is. Exactly what it is, and you can make the art. 
you can make the argument for either way. You know, you can make the argument for, hey, let's go fresh and new, bring some new blood. And you can make the argument for, look, we got to be able to get along with each other. We have to be on the same, we have to have that synergy and work well together. You know, why not go with guys we've coached with in the past? You know, I get it. Like, I completely understand it. It's, it's, you know, it happens not just in football, but in pretty much every nook and cranny of, you know, human society we know. But to me, it's just as we call it safe, but it's just as risky as going the other way to me. Like both, both are risky, in my opinion. You know. In, in what sense? Meaning, like, you, you, you're going back to 2006, 7, and 8, when you had Doug Marone, when, you know, that coaching staff was just slapped together of just basically guys, guys that had nowhere else to go. Nobody else wanted them, and they'd come to New Orleans because they had nowhere else to go. You know, it wasn't the hot destination. You know, so are you reaching out and getting the most talented staff? Like, that's the question. Am I going out and get the best I could possibly get? Or am I settling for familiarity? You know what I'm saying? And that's the question I have. Are you settling? Are you doing the best you can? Are you building the best coaching staff? You know? And that's – you said that so eloquently. Hey, let's, you know, let's be honest, right? We're, we're not going to know. We're not going to know, like – No idea. Until, until the season starts, until we start seeing results. Um, they also brought back uh, Johnny Mortensen or Morton, sorry, I kept Mortensen. Uh, Johnny Morton, who served with as a right receivers coach for the Saints. The year is escaping me, but he was only with the Saints for uh, a year 15, 15 and 16. Yeah, and then he like left and became the offensive coordinator for the Jets, which is like a mm-hmm. like a huge myriadic rise. Um, so they bring back this season that year, too. I think that was the Ty Bowles. Ryan Fitzpatrick season, mm. and there's a you know it's a decent yeah, offense, decent. you know. So bring back Doug Marone, bring back Johnny Morton. They they, they let go of Curtis Johnson, bro. He's not retained. That, that was surprising to me, you know. So I'm at the Senior Bowl, what record the Saints get? But he was, you know, still part of the still part of the team, man. I don't know. Oh, I tweeted it, bro, like. I don't fuck by Brian Flores, bro. Curtis Johnson got a case. <laughs> this nigga needs to go in to a district parish court of New Orleans, have his fucking evidence. All this nigga needs to do is just say, Your Honor, can you please read off the names of these right receivers from last year's depth chart? <laughs> Callaway, Marquez. Harris, Deontay, just go through the list, bro. <laughs> and, and just ask, what more could I have done? And then I got someone, on, I got someone on Twitter, like last night and then in the this morning, get in my mentions and say that Curtis Johnson wasn't a good wide receiver coach. The only wide receiver that he helped develop was Marcus Colston. Huh? And he got two tweets in my mentions. He was fucking gone. <laughs> gone. Gone, bro. Like, 
Marcus Colston, Devry Henderson, Robert Meacham, Lance Moore. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? And this is not to say whoever they're bringing in to coach wide receivers is not going to be good or what have you. But, like, he, Curtis Johnson has had stripes and earned, like, marks in this league. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question. You know, and, you know, who knows what happened. Uh, you know, maybe he felt like it was time for him to move up to, like, an offensive coordinator or something. And, you know, it was getting stale because he wasn't, like, last year, he wasn't the wide receiver coach anymore. He was, like, offensive assistant. Mm-hmm. This, you know, like, like senior offensive assistant. Some shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, just those positions they make, you know, and who knows what they do. Uh, so, you know, maybe you got to a point where it's like, look, I don't want to be stuck in this wide receiver realm forever. You know, maybe I want to go out and try to be an OC somewhere. You know, he hadn't been getting any head coaching hires, even though he coached Tulane for a couple of years. Um, so we don't know. We don't know what's going on. It just seems to me like DA is getting his guys in place. You know, guys he knows, guys he's developed a relationship with. NFL is man. The NFL is who you know. Who you know? Not like we like to talk all the X's and O's and scheme and this and that. Ain't about none of that, bro. It's about do I like this guy? Like, because you got to stand. These guys are together. You know, 15, 16, 17 hours a day. You got to be able to get along, and a lot of it just comes down to that. Even though we may not like it, you know, we just want you know, man. Let's put the most talent together and figure it out. A lot of times it's just like, man, do I like working with this guy? You know, maybe they didn't like working with Curtis Johnson. I'm not saying that. I don't know. I'm not having heard anything. I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe he liked Doug Marone. You know, they came up together as young coaching assistants. So, you know, maybe they just, you know, got along better and they could work with each other. So, and, you know, I get it from DA's perspective because he's going to be the head coach. So he has to put together a staff that he could trust. You know, he you don't want to be in a situation where you're like Urban Meyer where Fucking coaches leaking information every week, shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Gotta get bro, they, trust in there, bro. They couldn't stand Urban, bro. <laughs> they couldn't stand him. So you gotta get, gotta they get your guys. Him every chance they could. Gotta get your guys, bro. So you know it's gonna be interesting how it plays out because that's just another part of the game. That's not even the football. That's the internal right. politics. The internal politics of a multi-billion dollar corporation. You know what I'm saying? So, it's good you say that, right? Because you you said getting in your guys. So, three three things that have been super interesting as DA's putting his staff together. First thing being, we all assumed that the defensive coordinator was either going to be Chris Rashad um, or Ryan, Ryan Nelson, one of them get promoted. They're the DC. But the Saints brought in, it's, 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 it's peasant, right? Like you're a peasant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, is it pleasant or peasant? It's pleasant. should get that right. <laughs> yes, it is pleasant. <laughs> okay. yeah. um, brought in Anthony <laughs> Pleasant to interview 
for for the position of defensive coordinator. He is currently um, the DC or something, the secondary coach of the Lions. Um, he also interviewed for the defensive coordinator job for the Vikings, but it went it went to someone else. Which that was like a first surprise to me. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, right? Because someone on Twitter uh, had posted a video of oh, yeah. him like li- li- um, lighting up someone into. Uh, sorry, it's not Anthony. It's Aubrey Ob- Pleasant. I apologize. I say Anthony. Aubrey Pleasant. Um, lighting up his his secondary with the Lions. I don't know if it, I would. I would imagine it was this last season that just happened, right? Yeah, yeah, it was that one. It was one player. He was do yeah, your just, job, do your job. Just you know? lighting into him, right? And someone put that on Twitter and said, like, ah, Aubrey Pleasant's gonna be, you know, this is this this will be what the Saints need. Saints defense need. And <laughs> Sadie Deuce quote tweeted that it was like, you don't need, you don't need that shit. That's, I'm a grown man. I'm not a kid. And it's funny because before CJ retweeted that, I had co-tweeted that video and said him and CJ go, him and CJ gonna scrap. Yep, and then someone tweeted, <laughs> someone quote tweeted that and said in Lattimore too. In Lattimore too. <laughs> and then CJ tweeted, but he tweeted and deleted it. But I was just oh, like, did man, he it? I didn't, I didn't know he deleted. Yeah, he deleted. He tweeted it and deleted it like a minute later. But you know, screenshots, we gonna get it. Oh, I, um, I, I don't know. I think I saw it when it happened, like, live. I didn't even see a screenshot. Like, I saw it, like, when he, when yeah, he tweeted it. He deleted it because somebody told me, like, man, go look at CJ, CD, um, CD, uh, Twitter. And I'm looking, I'm like, I didn't see nothing. Oh, he deleted it. Ah. But uh, I got I got the screenshot in my phone. So he was <laughs> like, he was like, man, we don't need that shit. And I get what he's saying because this is a veteran defense that's been good. They don't need rah-rah, nope. punching your chest. You know, that's more like punishment for them. Like, what, why are you punishing them? They literally carried the Saints to a nine and eight season. It's bad season. Like, what? <laughs> like, like, I wish a nigga would get my face and try to scream at me with everything we done done. <laughs> right. But at the same time, look, you got to provide context. Like, the player he was talking to, like, came out, like, during last season saying, like, he liked that shit. Like, he wanted, he, like, he's the type like, of Like, co- coach me hard. Coach me hard, you know what I'm saying? And, and the great coaches know how to be, you know, how to change up for different players and be dynamic. Yes. Some players do need that. Some players, you got to grab them by the fucking, you know, the collar. Some players, you be like, hey, bro, you know, this, 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 I need you to do this and that. You know, next time, you know, if this happens, don't do this. Boom, get it. Boom. You know, everybody's different. different. So, yeah. I, mean, we, I, don't, I don't know this pleasant guy enough to know, you know, if he's like that or not, you know, but. But it, these are just names at this point, bro. Like they are, you know. They, I think there's another defensive uh, defensive coordinator. They're like, no, it's offensive coordinator. Yeah, the other two are strictly offensive. We gonna get we gonna yeah. get to those. Yeah, so we don't know. I'm, I'm just personally kind of surprised that Chris Rashard or Ryan Nielsen Nielsen hadn't been brought up yet. And right, they could they could be in still in the mix? We'll know. We'll see. I'm just kind of surprised, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. It is for sure surprising because especially with Chris, because Chris had like DC. DC. Oh yeah, and he got interviewed uh, at least at least one interview this coaching cycle for for DC. Right. Um, let's 
let's switch to the offense because this is this is a thing that I think really the the team hinges on is who they hire as offensive coordinator. Like it's, it's that's, the biggest thing, bro. It sounds like hot hyperbole, bro, but I really think it's like the biggest thing that hinges on this team. So the first name that came out today, reported by Tom Pelissero, who's actually blocking on me by Twitter because he's the biggest water carrier for the NFL. But Tom Pelissero reported that the Saints will interview Cowboys right receiver coach Robert Prince for their offensive coordinator position tomorrow, which is Friday. Tell me why when both Joey and I were trying to figure out, first of all, who the fuck Robert Prince was. <laughs> this nigga was just announced as the wide receiver coach for the Cowboys yesterday, bruh. <laughs> he literally just got the job one to two days ago. What was he doing before that? I believe let me let me check my text messages. I believe he was the wide receiver coach for the Houston Texans. And I believe that the Texans, after one season, chose not to retain his services. So he gets so so in 2021, he was a wide receiver coach for the Texans, right? I don't even remember who was on the Texans roster in 2021. Like it was, it was like what? It was Brandon Cooks. Prob no, because they got Brandon Cooks this season. Oh, he was acting head coach. Yeah, uh, for the Lions or something. The Lions. Yes. Yes. Oh, I hate to say it, but I wonder if this is a a uh, Rooney. It, it's interesting you say that because obviously. Robert Pierce is black. And then Underhill reports that the Saints were interviewing Colts running backs coach Scotty Montgomery for the, for the opening offensive coordinator, also black. But Chris Richard is black. So if you were, if they were in theory going to, oh, no, sorry, I'm thinking of defense. Sorry. Yeah, it's my bad. Um, so yeah, that's, it's interesting. It, 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 it's interesting. Uh, like, are they doing this because they, there's actual legitimate, legitimate yeah. interest in these guys is but when me and Joey found out that Robert Prince was literally just just became the Cowboys head coach a day or two <laughs> days ago bruh I was fucking howling but the fact that the media putting out there like Cowboys Robert, he hasn't coached a while <laughs> he hasn't even met a Cowboys Robert <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> man. So it's, it's interesting you say potentially they're just doing this to comply with the Rooney rules. Then my second question would just be, because do you have to comply with the Rooney rules for coordinators too, or just for head coach? No, it's uh, coordinators too. I think they expand. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, don't so know, then, I don't know if it's two or one. I don't know. I know for head coaches too. Yeah. Um, so then the question goes, is there legitimate interest in, in these two, you know, candidates or do they have someone else in mind that they just want to make the office of coordinator and they're just doing this for checks and balances, which shout out to Jim Trotter for just bringing up 
the sham that this is to fucking. Ooh. I just I want I want to segue to that real quick. But we'll, we'll finish it after we finish talking about this. One of the biggest one of our biggest questions we've asked on this podcast numerous times is like, what is the vision? Right? What what the vision is? So right now, I would say the vision that the Saints have have sent hiring DA and things like that is kind of playing betting on safety and consistency what Sean built will be enough to be for them to be a successful team right that's what that's what they're betting on with when DA became head coach we could it could be wrong it could be right we'll we'll find out soon enough um but the biggest thing right now for this team in totality is offense. Uh-huh. You got, we, we've been through the list already. You got to figure out quarterback. You, you're, you're going to need enough. You're like before the AK shit like, yeah, we need to get a like, running back to compliment him, bro. We need like, like a running back that probably may need to play the whole fucking season. Bro. Yeah. Like, we need an RB one. <laughs> one. You got to get one to two wide receivers that are starting caliber wide receivers, whether that's a free agent and a veteran, or sorry, a free agent and a, and a draft pick, two draft picks. We need some some juice on offense. We need a tight end. We need a right guard. Um, I'm in the minority and saying, like, I think if you go with the season, if you got Ram and James Hurst, I think you're fine. I don't think you need to. But there's plenty of needs on offense. That said, with all those needs on offense, you got to get this offensive coordinator fucking higher right, bro. It is crucial. So crucial. And I don't, you know, I mean, you, you just don't, you can't really know the vision until it happens. I don't see right. Robert Prince. Like, what is <laughs> It's like, what is he bringing? Like, I know, I know he was the like he spent time being the um, he was the offensive coordinator for Boise, Boise State for let's let's pull up the years I had it. So Robert Prince, I'm not even calling him the Cowboys wide receiver coach because that's that's a fucking lot. He was the Boise State offensive coordinator from 2012 to 2013, wherever the fuck that means. I don't know. Am I gonna am I gonna go pull up Boise State footage? And no, I'm not gonna do. No, I'm not going to. But like, it is it, just like this uncertainty of we don't know what these candidates would bring to the table as offensive coordinator. So it's it's really hard for us to judge it. Um, did we find out is Eric Bieniemy still a Free agent, or did he return back to Kansas City? And I just maybe missed that. Well, I, know, I mean, I don't know. I think his contract expires after the Super Bowl. Is that how that works? I think. Uh, uh, but that could be the case because that's the end of the league year, you know. That so, makes sense. Uh, so I think, you know, I think that could be a potential move that's in the waiting. That'll be very interesting. Yeah, because yeah, I think I think he still I think he still doesn't he doesn't and you could be right you could hundred percent be right and it just all be t- being tied to 
you know, it's his contract expires if it is at the end of the season season, um, being the Super Bowl. Let's play. So let's let's segue into I, I brought it up a little bit talking about Jim Trotter. Um, was it yesterday? Oh, no. Yesterday, day for yesterday, all my days are blending in at this point. Um, he was at like the presser, what have you, for um, for where you get to ask the commissioner a question, and he and he's an NFL employee, bro, like NFL media yeah. employee. Yeah. He asked the question, bringing up lack of diversity in front offices, lack of diversity in head coaching across the board. He pulled out his notepad. He had a list ownership. of teams. Ownership. He had a list of teams ready, list of teams that have never had um, a, a black head coach. And just, uh, just, just, woo, I was, as a black man who, Obviously, is, is heavily invested to the into the NFL for a sickening number of reasons. That was one of the proudest moments that I can remember, like watching in a long time. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful, man. It was beautiful because you could tell you know you could tell he had some type of emotion saying it. You know what I'm saying? Because. It, mm-hmm. It does reach a core, you know what I'm saying? It does reach a core, a core, and but he got it all out there, you know, not just talking about the coaching and the ownership and all that and the, and the executives, but even NFL media, where he works, there's no, mm-hmm. you know, all the big decision makers are, are, you know, white, mostly white men, you know, and it's like, damn, like, and then you look at the league, the actual players, and it's like, oh, no, okay. It's like, can we? It's like, can we get? You know, can we get some different outlooks mm. in there? You know what I'm saying? Like, I tweeted, like Patrick Claybaum, man, like that dude, so fucking talented, man, like just insanely creative, talented, creative, funny, smart. I just look at it, just the shit he does on Twitter, like just out the blue. I'm like, like this dude should like be running. I'm not gonna say running NFL Network, but like. Have like a big hand in the production of like ideas that they could do, and you like like of all these companies, these you know who call woke, all these companies gonna oh. be all woke now and this and that. Like get motherfuckers in there that can actually like do this shit and not just have these like these gestures, yep. these fake empty gestures that don't mean anything. Like get somebody in there that can go and out and like actually give you a good product. Like we're not asking for a motherfucking handout. Or motherfucking like just a position, like we want to deliver like a actually good product that can that all people can enjoy, not just you know black people, white people, or Hispanic, whatever, but everybody. And you're missing out on the experiences and the outlook that we bring, man. Because man, you can't deny, man, black folk, man, we got some funny motherfuckers, man. We got some funny, entertaining, smart, do man, we do smart, like just empathetic people out there that could really bring something to the table. But, you know, closed minds, man. It's just got so many closed minds. 
And uh, you know, so I was just happy to see Jim just put that out there. And and I thought Roger Goodell's response <laughs> I thought it was it was perfect because he looked like a fucking buffoon. I mean buffoon, just corporate terminator talk like just said he said a bunch of words that meant yes. absolutely <laughs> nothing, bro. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Nothing. This man getting paid sixty million a year, seventy million Ooh. a year, and he can't answer something that's on everybody's mind. Like motherfucker, Brian Flores just brought a lawsuit talking about this shit. <laughs> like you can't even fake. You can't even fake it. You can't even fake it. You know, it's just ridiculous, man. It it really is. Um, you you brought you brought up the like, the woke capitalism thing. I don't know if you saw it, and I wonder if they still got it up, bro. But the, the the Lions official Twitter account at some point this month had tweeted something, or maybe it got like retweeted in my timeline or something. And I, I'm just okay, so this this is live, right? I am going to. Sh- I, I don't know if you saw it. I am sending you their. Avatar and their Twitter like background thing at the top. Okay. And just look at it, bruh. And when I saw that, I said, what the fuck are we doing? (laughs) 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 All right, I'm just getting a little. I wanted I wanted the live the live time reaction, bro. <laughs> they fucking Rastafari now, bro. <laughs> oh my god, man! Someone in the Lions social media team thought that was necessary. Thought oh that you know what, guys? It's February. It's Black History Month. What's something we could do? Say that we support the Negroes. And they were like, oh, how about we put like the African flag behind the lion? Roar. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you know someone within the media was like, holy shit, that's, that's real good. Like, eat it up. Like, that's fantastic. Like, why didn't I do it? It's hilarious, bro. It's hilarious, man. Hilarious, man. I even I, I added them on Twitter and I said, I said, Lions, what the fuck are y'all doing? <laughs> Didn't get a response. <laughs> I need an answer, bro. I need an answer. Like, like what, the, what the fuck is this shit? You don't uh, need to do all that, man. You don't need to do all that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, so I wanted to do this, I wanted to do this exercise with you um on this episode kind of close out things. This is kind of going to be a little little bit longer segment. So I'm putting free agency is about a month away, give or take. Probably better do this this segment a couple of weeks from now, but I just I just want to do it now. It's fresh. I know you're you're probably going to miss some people and not not name everyone you want to name. But I'm putting Ryan in charge of the Saints, either you're the GM or you have personnel personnel decision-making capabilities. Give me the moves 
you would make this offseason in free, in free agency. Nothing about the draft, just in free agency alone. God damn, man. I ain't steady free agency like that. Uh, uh, I mean, I, you know, I've been tooting all, all this time. You know, uh, Michael Liskey, Kaziki, Kaziki, whatever. <laughs> Man, we, if we sign Mike Gesicki, man, you got to get his name right at some fucking point. Right? Oh, I'm going to get it right, man. Mike Gesicki, man, like, that's what I want. Like, that, if, if only that happens, not to mention, like, a lot of the moves we need to make is, like, I want to bring back Michael Williams. I mean, uh, uh, Marcus Williams. Yeah. Um, that, that I did I did this exercise with, 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 the, with the buddy recently. So that was my number one, is – Marcus to me has has to get extended. Yeah. Um, there's no way you can justify not bringing him back with what you're seeing Trey do, bro. He's in he's Trey Henderson's in the Super Bowl right now, bro. Yeah, well, it's like what, what were we doing then? You know, you, you, you have you have to bring Marcus back. Um, I know it might not be easy. I really know that fucking Jamal Adams contract. Fucked up the curve for, for teams, bro. Just fucking see all the bro. Just dumb. Um, but you gotta bring Marcus back. Hey, um, man, bro. We didn't pay. We paid players like fucking Roman Harper on his last end of his. I mean, yeah, I mean, come on, man. Like, pay, pay please. the dude 12, 13 million. Figure the cap shit out. He'd probably get two million this year in base salary. And the rest will be bonuses and stretch that shit out. He's a good player. Been a good player for years since a rookie. Peter Man is good. He's good, good uh, very good free safety, which is hard to find center so, field, so free safety. I, I will say that with DA becoming the head coach, I do feel more comfortable that Marcus will be retained. Because I think DA as a defensive mind knows the importance of that position and how important right. that is to, to his to the defense. So right. that's my number one. My number two was just what you just said. Have us have your one splurge in free agency because you, you, they ain't gonna have much. But your one splurge in free agency. If I if you only have one, <clears throat> I would I would sign Mike Gesicki. Um, you know, sign, sign him. That that's your North that's your Nordstrom purchase. That's all you get. Okay. Um, my other move would be to sign James Washington. Oh, yes. Sign him. I, I think, bruh, I think you could get James Washington for like three years, nine million. Not, not even. Like, he is, he is just everything that the offense needs in terms oh, yes. of need, positional. He's not going to be expensive. Like, Go go get him like it. That's a like. I, I mean, where's Kai? Someone got fuck. Can someone tell Kai? Go go get this man right. Um, who else? So James Washington was was my next move. Um, I would if, again. This is me as GM. I, I don't know about you or me personnel, but I would cut Ruiz outright, bro. Huh. Cut him. Get him out. You move. I would, I would move over Throckmorton, the right guard. Jacksonville Jaguars. Jag, Jag, I, people hate how that's pronounced. The Jags have, like, a sneaky number of 
decent NFL quality, like not great, not bad, just a decent, okay starter, interior offensive linemen that are free agents this off this offseason. Um, if you if you follow John Shipley, and that's our dude, he's been tweeting about it quite a bit of like who, you know, they got AJ <clears throat> AJ Can, they got Tyler Shetley, they got some, they got some players where like we just we just need a, a Senio Calamente, bro. It's like just someone right. that can just be okay. So I think you could if you could sign someone like that, bring him in, have them have him and Brockport compete. You figure out right guard, right? There you go. Um, another move I would do, and I don't know at this point where you are financially. I would try to go out and sign um, Deontay Foreman of. Of the Titans, he looked really good when Derrick Henry went down. He, he awesome, good, bro, good. And he, you know that year and a half of him like not playing football. Um, yeah. You know he tore his Achilles and uh-huh. took him a while to get back. But like you could show, like he got he has explosive. Like he looked good. Um, oh, I think signing him. I mean, he would be the perfect complement to AK, but like not even thinking of it from like a AK level. I, th- I think that's just a good, you know, good as a running back. Like, period. Period. Yeah, like if you can get him on a good deal, man, I'd make that move in a heartbeat. Period. Um, I think, I, and then everyone's like, you didn't solve the quarterback question. If I if I was running the Saints, this is what I do. Me and you've talked about this. And maybe, you know, double wrong with my team now. He might be like, hey, hey, Dennis, but fuck. I'm calling up Philly. I'm saying I got a fifth, and I got this first rounder at guard and center. This is before we cut Ruiz, right? Yeah. I was like, hey, I got a fifth in this in this office of and I'll send it to you for, for guard to meet you. Like, yeah, man, I'll send him a, send him a little DVD with the cut up of Green Bay versus New Orleans with Ruiz playing center, and you know he does a fine job. See, man, this is a former first round pick. This dude was a stud at center. You know, we don't have room for it because we're gonna, you know, we're gonna extend. You know, we got Eric McCoy in the building. You know, we're gonna do something else at guard, but this dude would play center for you for ten years, man. Just take him, just take him with a fifth round pick and send us Mitchell. I mean, and then you'd be like, you know, Jason Kelsey, like, is he coming back? You know, he's getting a little older. You know, you got, you already, we got a first round center for you right here. You just, you know, you don't, you guys are sold on, on you guys are sold on Jalen Hurts. Like, we can take Minchu off you. And the, the reason I would do that is, the reason I would do that is, it is we we all know if they tra- if they got if they brought in Garner Minshew he's not he's not the answer he's right. not the answer but he either a is a good placeholder if the Saints decided to go quarterback in the draft um and let's say let's say hypothetically it's Malik Willis they they don't want to rush Malik out there I think Malik does need to sit he he's not ready right. to come in from okay. day one he's yeah, so I mean, you got Garner Minshew, bro. You can play Garner most of the season. Let Malik get some, you know, sit, run the game, blah blah blah. And, and listen, Minshew is 
good. He's a good quarterback, man. Like, he, I know, Jay, look. He's better than Jalen Hurts is, bro. Just, I got to say it. He's I know better. why he's from the Eagles. He, the dude pulls the trigger. It's like, it's. Bro, that, that one Trace game. With he, quarterbacks, yeah. Yeah, that one game he played as a star with the Eagles, almost like, they sure they want to put Jalen Hurts back in there? One of my key traits with quarterbacks next to accuracy. Pull the fucking trigger. Just throw that motherfucker, man. Like, don't think about it so much. It's what drove us to death with Teddy. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, bro. You know, throw it. You know what I'm saying? And he does that, bro. Like, and you give that man some weapons and a defense. Look, I'm not saying this man is going to lead you to the promised land or nothing like that. But I'm just saying you're going to be, you know, in some fun games and competing, you know. It's funny he got compared a lot to Ryan Fitzpatrick, but it's kind of like what he is. It's kind of like a little young Ryan Fitzpatrick, just like he's going to pull the trigger Gonna make mistakes, gonna throw picks, gonna do some dumb shit. But he's not gonna like do ski some fun, good football and make good plays. So I would love like Minshew, especially on a two and a half million dollar contract. Peanuts, bro. Only kind of gets the cap. You know, you can figure that shit out next year. Ain't no ego coming in or nothing like that. You don't have to massage his ego. He's not this big. No, he's a guy coming in and start trying to be in the NFL. So that's a that would be a, like an awesome move to me, regardless of what they do at quarterback, whether they draft somebody or you know maybe one of them years where they just gotta buy their time and yep. see what yep. happens next year and you know keep rolling. Um, here's a here's, here's a question for you, right? Would you rather they trade for Minju? Um. And just, you know, have him be the placeholder starter, or would you rather than bring Jameis back at whatever that may cost? It always comes back to Jameis, doesn't it? <laughs> always, bro. Every every single time. Here's the thing. If it was me approaching the offseason, I got to start with Jameis just as a conversation. Like, Jameis, where are you at? Like, what do you want to do? You know what I'm saying? If it's like, hey, man, look, I just want to be back with the Saints. You know, I feel like we got something there. I want to work with you guys. And, you know, I'm not worrying about a contract. Let's just, you know, put something together that, you know, incentive laden or whatever. If he's coming at it like that, I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, sure. yeah, yeah. Now, if he's like, man, you know, they got teams out here looking for quarterbacks, man. I need like 15, 20 million, da 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 Bye. Bye, bitch. So, moving on. No, not, I'm not about to compete for James Winston. Not doing it. <sighs> Don't play for the Steelers, bro. You know. <laughs> so we we recorded. I think we we had recorded prior to yeah we had recorded prior to the DA press conference. What was? I don't know if you watched the whole thing. I did. I did. I did. What were your takeaways from the press conference? Major thing for me is that he did say that quarterback is like deep major decision of his job. Like that's the decision he has to make. So that that tells me I mean that tells everything because it could just be bullshit. Right. But it, it just it just tells me that he knows like this <laughs> like this ain't nothing to play around with. And he should know that. He coached the Raiders, he had Matt Flynn, Carson Palmer, he had, you know, all kind of guys rolling through there. He knows how important the quarterback position is. Just from last year, just coaching oh, his yeah. own defense. You know what I'm saying? Like so his, def- tell- his, yeah. his defense played as well as it could play in today's modern NFL standards. 
and it only you know it got them to nine wins. You know, right. if if there's not a seven, if there's not a an additional game, maybe nine and seven gets them into the playoffs. I don't know, yeah. but um, one thing he said about the quarterback that's important is that he wants a winner. Yeah, and this could a hundred percent just be me looking too much into things and completely could be wrong. But when he said that, I was like, does that mean Jimmy G? Because mm. what what is what is the one thing if they're Jimmy G defenders that they will fucking cape about oh, to he's the he's the Face of QB wins. Hashtag QB wins, baby. <laughs> oh, did Jimmy. Like, you really, you really had, I. who was it? It was Sean Finesis. I don't fucking pronounce his last name. In the playoffs, I think after they had beaten the Packers, he tweeted, like, basically, however you want to cut it, Four and one, or whatever Jimmy G's records in the playoffs have been. Four and one, or five and one in the playoffs is hard, hard to ignore. And I'm like, did you just watch this game against the Packers? Right, right. Like they won in spite. It, it, it was like it was like the Taysom game that that he played against the Bucks, bro. They won in spite of him, not because of him. And here's the thing with the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo is. He's playing for a head coach that is known for maximizing his quarterback's talent. Talk about it, bro. So RG3, is he, is, he, is he gonna is Jimmy Garoppolo gonna be better than he the Jimmy Garoppolo under Dennis Allen gonna be better than he is with under Kyle Shanahan? With like, with no D, with no Debo, with no no, Debo, no George Kittle. None of the zone scheme, none of that shit, stretch action, none of that. And Jimmy Rappolo is going to be better. Okay. Bruh. If, <laughs> like if, if we – Like if Matt, we, Ryan, Matt Ryan got an MVP trophy and was a 28-3 from a Super Bowl win with Kyle Shanahan. You know what I'm saying? Like the dude gets the most out of his quarterbacks. He does. So that's what I'll be looking at. It's like, am I going to get the most out of fucking Jimmy Garoppolo? Not, not only that, like, two things. One, you got to trade something to get Jimmy G. Exactly. Which it sounds like the Niners, like, I, someone, it was an article or someone tweeted, like, the 49ers shouldn't take lust of a first rounder for Jimmy G. And what fucking economy? What? When everybody knows you're gonna trade him, no. He'll probably go for as high as a second. I'll say as low as a third. I think it's either he's gonna go for a second, he's gonna go for a third, right? And even a second is a stretch because he went for a second to get traded. Off yes, from New England. Yes, he went like four and zero. I think he went four and zero. Yeah, yeah, four and zero, or he. I think he the flake gate. The deflate gate. It was like four and one, like he something like that. Yeah, but yeah. It was good, and his stock was. As high as it ever be. As high as it could be. And, he, and, yeah, and they got – did they give up a second for him or did they give up two seconds? I think it was one second. I think it was, was one, one second. One yeah. or two, whatever. 
But yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was that was his his stock is at his highest. Bruh, if fucking John Lynch is trying to ask teams for another second for fucking Jimmy Garoppolo, I would hang up the fucking phone. Hang the phone. And I, I I am not um a fan of bringing him in at all, regardless of what draft pick it costs, bro. I just if I if I start free agency in March and Adam Schefter is fucking on my phone and I get an alert that says that the Saints are trading for Jim Garoppolo, bro. People ain't going to want to listen to that Mercy podcast, bro. Because I, <laughs> I will pull a Stephen A because it would it would tell me everything I would need to know, right? Every answer would be we, we would have the answer. Like, okay, we're going to be a milk toast team that tries to win with fucking defense, yeah. and we have a below average starting quarterback to to do this for us. Like. I, <clears throat> See, me personally, even though I'm not a big fan of Jimmy Garoppolo, I wouldn't hate it depending on what they what they want to do. If they bring him in and it's literally just his last one-year contract and he's just a gap, I'm fine with a Jimmy Garoppolo stopgap. Not crazy about it, but that just tells me how they're looking at the season. Well, hey. well here's, I guess that's the thing that – is frustrating, right? Because I'm tired of the Saints as an organization. And Sean Payton was like the the king of this. I'm tired of them looking at seasons individually. Yeah. Okay. This, this is you gotta you gotta look at the fucking big picture, right? So we we can we can go back to some of the decisions of why. And like Breeze's last years, some like sometimes why we didn't get weapons, whether it be the draft or free agency, was because Drew couldn't get get the ball to certain players. Right? Yeah. So but like to me, that's such a short-sighted mind of line of thinking. It's like it is. Like like I and I'm not saying. This is what happened in the T. Higgins situation with 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 Maurice, right? But I would venture to guess that some of some of Sean's thinking pertained to T. Higgins in that point in Drew's career was I could draft this player, but on film he wins plays down the field in 50-50 balls. And Drew can't give him the ball. So for these next one to two years. I'm not going to be able to get the most out of this player. So therefore it really wouldn't make sense for us to draft him. That is a completely short sided line of th- Like it is in, it is very frustrating to, to think that some decisions were made like that in the past. Right. So for them to be like, well, for this season, like let's, and I get it. Right. But like, what like what's the long term vision? Yeah, can you like, can we do something that shows us what the long term vision is? Now, if the Saints want to trade, I don't even know what it, it would cost, man. A third for Jimmy G, a fourth for Jimmy G, and then they would literally for this plan as short sighted as it is to work, they literally would have to go out and flood this fucking man with weapons. Yes. 
flood them. Right receiver, tight end. But all I can think about is that, man, sometimes he would have George Kittle and Debo Samuel bruh. wide fucking open, bro, and just miss them. And let's, yeah. not about, let's not talk about when you're on the move. Oh. That's the worst quarterback I've ever seen that throws on the move. Worst. Because, like, he just see and he just, I don't know, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, um, yeah, man. It just I I have I have concerns. If, and this is all a tangent, just because I heard fucking Dennis Allen says he wants a winner at quarterback. Of course, he should want a, he should want a winner at quarterback. That may not mean it's going to be Jimmy G. But when he said that, I just like oh, does that does that mean does that mean? I Jimmy mean, G? honestly, honestly, I rather just. I mean, at that point, if you're thinking about Jimmy G, like just bring fucking Teddy back. <laughs> Please, please. Teddy Bridgewater back. You Easily. Know? It's cheaper. The team loves him. The guys love him. You know, it'll probably come with the same result. You know, it's a great Teddy back. You know? I agree, bro. I, I agree with you 100%. 100%. Oh, but you know what Teddy is? At least when he was with the Saints, Teddy was a winner, bro. He was a winner. He was a winner. Let's close this out. Let's talk, about, let's talk a little bit about the draft. Um, as we get closer to it, it feels like it just feels like this whole these quarterbacks. At, at, I don't know how much Pickett's going to rise, but I get, I just get the sense that Malik is going to rise to the, to the level if he's not going to be in the range of the Saints. Me and you talked about this through text message. Like it seems like six at Carolina just is that that sweet spot, bro. Just yeah. it just make it just makes so much sense. You know, let's assume Carolina doesn't do something like trade for a quarterback or something like that. Six at Carolina just makes a lot of sense for you know for a week to go. Um, but I can't I can't emphasize how big of a draft this is for the Saints. Um, I said on Twitter, bro, this is the biggest draft in the Saints history since 2006. Mm. And, and I truly believe that. Like, I'm not, put, I'm not putting out probably on that, anything. It is that big. Like, they got to get majority of these picks right. And if they're going to trade a first rounder for, I don't know, if they're going to move up, like, it has, it has to work out. Because what we're seeing – is a, a lot of negligence in terms of Sean Payton didn't really address the offense, kind of like, all right, dipped out, cool, see you guys later, deuces, see you guys on the neutral ground, whatever the fuck that means. Don't want to fix this shit, I'm out, deuces. And I keep going back to that 2020 draft class, bro. Like, I'm, it's not the sole reason of thing, of why things are where they are, but – it's a big reason of why that 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 draft class is four players, four young players that were drafted that do not contribute to the team. Mm. Awful. Like you, we get some glimpses from finding Nemo here and there, but in that draft class, they took one of the worst starting offensive linemen in football who shouldn't be starting. He should be cut. They took a an edge rusher who they refuse to let who they refuse to let rush the passer 
and he only plays special team snaps. <laughs> they traded like all their picks for tight end, um, who like looked decent at Dayton. Like he looked like he'd be okay, right? Had a pretty decent rookie season. Um, I was very impressed with him as a blocker as a rookie, and I said, okay, cool. I kind of had my reservations about him as a pass catcher as a rookie because like I just didn't see what everyone else was seeing. Yeah. But like as a blocker, I was so I was like, shit, man. If he can block like this the rest of his career, like he's gonna be a saint for fucking ten years just because Sean loves that shit, right? And then has just a regression in year two, just not block, can't block penalties, dropping balls, oh. fumbling balls, just awful. And then they had and, all, all and all of that was with Sean Payton. Woo, bruh. So, <laughs> so this next, want, but whoever we bring in is going to be a downgrade. You know? Man, you, you, don't, you don't got trust in, in Robert Robert Prince? Robert Prince. So Robert Prince is going to get the most out of Adam Thomas? <laughs> Scotty McGrummy, baby. <laughs> um, and then they, they, to fuck over the Panthers, they trade back in the draft to draft Tommy Stevens, who I'm not even sure is pretty sure he's not even on the team Sean right Payton, now. Man, that's, that's one thing I'm not going to miss about Sean Payton. Bro. The pettiness, bro. Emotional petty bullshit. Like that, just that shit has gotten us into so much shit. Sign fucking uh, CJ Spiller. CJ Spiller. Like CJ Spiller just sending him like DMs or whatever, like, man, I want to play for you. You agree. You agree. Offensive genius. <laughs> You could revive my career and sign them to like a nice big contract, man. Dude ain't even healthy, bro. <laughs> just a waste, man. Like it was just a complete waste, like pointless. What what was that? There's the, a meme video that oh, like the swindle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, bro. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it, it'll it'll be nice. And don't get me wrong, right? Sometimes that 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 worked in to his advantage as a coaching exactly. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a balance. It's a gift and a curse. But it's a ambush, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, but man, um, like, you know. so I said all that about the 2020 draft class because every time I think about it, I get fucking pissed. To say that this 2022 draft class, they got a hit. They got to hit it, bro. Like they, they, they cannot miss on this draft class. I can't emphasize that enough. They can't miss on it. And um, my thing is, just get good players, man. That's don't, it, man. Don't concern yourself too much with height, weight, speed, school. This, that. But that. if you listen Watch to that, take, if you get good players. If you listen to Dennis' press conference, I think Nick, to his credit, knowing him, him and I, we don't speak. But to his credit, he asked a good question. He asked, was anything going to be changing in terms of, like, the scouting? Like, you know, their their metrics, blah, blah, blah. And DA yeah. pretty much said, like, largely, like, you know, we're going to, you know, let those things have worked for us in the past. We're going to keep those things in place. Like, we might switch some things up and, you know, you know, may, I might put some spin on things of things I look for, for the, for the most part, like their, their prototype per position, they're going to keep that in place. Yeah. Right. 
So don't don't expect a super speedy bend the edge edge rusher if they decide to get an edge rusher to drive somewhere. Like right. they got be a fucking a Hulk to fucking. <laughs> but offensively, I don't even know what they want offensively at this point. Because most because most of the offensive decisions from skill positions were all Sean Payton. Right, right. You know, Michael Thomas. AK. AK. Uh, like Jimmy, Sean Payton. Like Jimmy Graham. Yeah. I want that guy. You know, Denzel is not going to do that. Mm. So then I think I think it, then it really falls to like the area scouting and especially I want people to listen to this. The role I'm sure DA is going to have an input in personnel and, and, and player selection, free agency, draft, who they pick, whatever. But the role that Jeff Ireland has in this team yeah. is monumental. I need to go back and look at his offensive drafts because we, we I, I focus, I, focus on his defense. Not, no, not, so, not so good, bro. I already, I already did it with the buddy, man. It ain't so Good. Mm. With his tenure with the Dolphins. I think the best player he drafted with the Dolphins was was it Rashad Matthews or the wide receiver? I believe. But then I, I would have to go through the list again. Not 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 a lot to write home about. That that I'll just I'll keep it I'll keep it as that. So does, I mean, I was, that was a couple of that was years ago. I think I could, we I think we could probably excuse me safely say that Jeff Ireland seems to have improved as just oh, a yeah. talent as a talent evaluator in I mean, general. This, this man, this man built the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> man, it's cold, bro. <laughs> really has, bro. Really has built them. <laughs> um, but. It'll be interesting. One thing else, one last thing I'll say on this draft, and then we'll wrap it up and get out of here. Is and we'll, we're going to get Tony Pauline on the podcast probably next month as as the draft gets closer after combine, after free agency, things like that. But he did like this radio spot with this station in in Ohio, so they talked Browns, they talked Steelers, things like that, um, and. He said for the Browns, he wouldn't be surprised if they looked to go wide receiver at 13. Um, said that, you know, maybe if they had some concerns about Jameson, you know, Jameson Williams and his, you know, his ACL tear, then they could go like a Garrett Wilson route, blah, blah. Maybe they go Chris Olave. Um, but then they start, they start, the guys are asking him like about Malik Willis and the quarterbacks. So this is all early, right? But Tony Pauline said, from what he thinks, keep in mind big thinks right now that if he had to pick a team that Malik Willis would get would go to, he said it would be the Steelers, and he would think that Malik would actually fall to the Steelers in like the mid first round. So I think because the Steelers made the playoffs, their picks in the twenties. So I don't know if that would indicate that they would trade up to draft him. Um, but also said that the two teams that fit. Malik Willis and that he knows has interest in Malik are the Steelers and the Saints. Um, Whatever that means, right? 
sometimes, so Tony Pauline in the past has had a wealth of knowledge about the Saints in the draft and has been extremely right sometimes. Sometimes hasn't worked out just because people just, you know, you just never know what the draft in regards to people picking people. But I just, I heard that, you know, because he was going heavy on the Steelers for a while. And then he just kind of, you know, just out of nowhere, just brought up like, you know, the Saints of the team that, you know, is interested as well in the league and whatever. And I was like, oh, hmm. all right. Um, we do know that they met, you know, we know that the Saints talked to him and met with Malik. We asked him that at the senior bowl. Um, yeah. And we'll, you know, and they'll have a chance to talk to him again at the combine. And it'd be interesting to see if they bring him in for, for a workout. But we got a lot of, lot of things to finish, a lot of things to, to, to happen before any of that begins. But um, thank everyone for tuning in. I think this is our third podcast episode we've done this week. Ooh. Full, coming to full-time job out here, bro. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Ross Jackson. This man for Locked On Saints has been on Radio man. Road, the Super Bowl in L.A. Like, that's cool as shit. Like, just much love to Ross. Uh, love right. seeing, just Boy, love seeing him right. just thrive. Just, uh, you know, love it, man. I, I really, I truly, I truly do. Um, so shout-out to, shout to our guy, Ross Jackson. Uh-huh. We're going to get out of here. I would assume and guess that hopefully the DC and OC will be announced within the next week or so. When that happens, we'll recap it. But I'm going to be honest. If they hire someone that we don't know experience with, man, I ain't going to have shit to talk about. Like, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck his scheme is. I don't know what the fuck they run. Like, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> fuck, I know, bro. Uh, but want fresh blood. Fresh blood, man. I mean, is it is it fresh if you coat like I'm gonna get like thirty years of coaching, bro. Like I'm about to turn thirty four. I don't know you. Who are you, man? <laughs> man, look, all right, let's let's get out of here. We we know they're gonna make us laugh again at some point within the next couple of days. Uh, thank you guys for supporting us. We appreciate y'all. Wow. Peace. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.